Welcome to episode 39 of The Shanna Plan. My name is Kyle Posey. We are in full off-season mode. We have the schedule coming up, but outside of that, we are pretty much on cruise control until training camp kicks off. I'm joined by Akash, as always. Akash, how you doing, man? Good, man. What's up? How's it going? Not much, man. Enjoying you know, the downtime now that we kind of made it through the grind draft. We will dissect the schedule live, actually, on Wednesday when that drops, so be sure to check us out. We're going to stream that, and always rate, subscribe, review, five stars, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the 49ers' 53-man roster. We're going to make some projections and go down each position, kind of see where we agree, where we disagree. Uh, This should be fun, so let's get into it, Akash, without wasting any time. Quarterbacks, so the 49ers under Kyle Shannon have pretty much kept Three quarterbacks, no matter what the scenario was in this scenario, it might make the most sense to keep three quarterbacks. So I don't think there will be too much, you know, differing on this one. I have Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and Nate Sudfield. Do you have anybody different? Nope. I have those three guys, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and Nate Sudfeld. Uh, The most interesting quarterback battle is going to be Nate Sudfeld versus Josh Rosen. Uh, but ultimately, I do think Sudfeld's experience with Rich Gangarello last season in Philadelphia and just combined with the fact that he has experience like playing in games is going to benefit him and ultimately help him win that uh, third quarterback job, even though we don't expect him to see the field. But yeah, we, we do agree that those are the three guys that should make the roster. And what I am going with is just the fact that Sudfeld has guaranteed money Josh Rosen does not. So 200,000 reasons why Sudfield is the QB3 over Josh Rosen. So Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback had an interesting tidbit about Jimmy Garoppolo. He essentially said the over-under for his starts this season would be set at 10. What are you going with that? Where are you going with that one? If I had to bet the over-under, I would take the under. I mean, not because Jimmy Garoppolo might get benched, uh, for his play, which is possible. But if history shows us anything, it's that he hasn't stayed healthy. You know, in three of the past four seasons, he's gotten hurt. And the only only time he stayed healthy in 2019, he played 16 games. 2020, he played seven, right? 2018, played three. 2017, only played five. And 2016, I think he played two before he got hurt. So if history was any indicator, which we like to use that as a primary indicator, um, I would not be comfortable betting the over. Yeah, you're, you're going against a lot of history and you're going against just a lot of evidence that Jimmy is going to play 10 games. And I imagine that has a lot to do with why the team traded up to get Trey Lance. Whether he will be ready in September is one thing, but I don't think we're going to see Trey Lance ride the bench into December without having an idea of if he can throw the ball. And a lot of people think that this is going to be something as simple as a wildcat offense, you know, where we see five to ten package plays of Trey Lance, but he's your number three overall pick, man. You got to protect your investment, and you also have to see what you have in this investment because part of the part of the benefit of a rookie quarterback is his rookie contract. So uh, I just couldn't imagine going an entire year without Trey Lance throwing the ball. So we said Jimmy Garoppolo uh, over under ten games, which I would take the under. How about this? Trey Lance over under a hundred attempts through the air. I would go over on the 100 attempts through the air. A, whether it's wildcat packages early on in the season, 
And whether he, you know, takes over for Jimmy Garoppolo at some point during the season, I think he'll get over 100 attempts. I mean, if we think he's going to throw 20 to 25 times in a game, that's like four or five games, four or five full games, and then you count for all the other plays. I can see him getting over the 100 attempt mark. Um, The other thing that I could really see is like uh, a Miami Dolphins type situation from last year where Ryan Fitzpatrick was actually playing decently and the Dolphins were winning. But the Dolphins really, really wanted to see what they had in Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and they rolled him out anyways, um, which made a lot of sense for them. And I can see something similar for the 49ers where maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is just doing the same thing he kind of did in 2019, which is being more of a distributor. The team's kind of rolling. Maybe they hit an easier patch in the schedule, and Kyle Shanahan just flips the switch over to Trey Lance. I just can't see him sitting like well into November and December like you mentioned. Um, just, just doesn't make sense to me. The reason that Miami dynamic could work is because of the schedule, as you mentioned. They, they do have a last place schedule, so and we're gonna we're gonna have an idea of how these teams stack up the order on Wednesday. But still, that is tough, just because you don't know how Trey Lance would handle that. You don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo would handle that. You don't know if you know being pulled on and off is something that they would either either thrive in or um, it would just be something that they can't handle. So. I imagine they would they would have a plan for that, and they're going to have a plan with that come practice time. So, yeah, quarterback's going to be fascinating, man. It's going to be something that we're going to touch on a lot, and I cannot wait for the overreactions the minute Trey Lance does something either very, very bad or very, very good because we will hear about it. So let's talk running backs. The 49ers made over their running back room. So a couple – just a month before the draft, it was Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and those were essentially the guys. Then they went out and signed Wayne Gallman of the Giants, who seems to be a pretty good you know, scheme fit. And then they drafted two running backs in Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. I don't see how either of those two don't make the roster. So I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell and Trey, Trey Sermon, as well as Kyle Juszczyk, Raheem, and Jeff Wilson. So those are going to be my five. I think five makes it. I think even though they signed Wayne Gallman Jr. Like that's not going to, he's not going to be enough. And yes, I know he has NFL experience to push the two draft picks off the roster. And she, he might be the practice guy that hangs around, but I also think this closed the door on just to Michael hasty as well, who, you know, had a shot last year and couldn't have asked for a better shot, honestly, but uh, these guys are, are just better players than him. What, who are your five? Great minds think alike, baby. Uh, I have the same five, uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. I presume both of those guys will spend their last year, this year with the 49ers, and then find different homes, uh, and hopefully they cash out. Um, And then uh, Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, I think the two sort of future running backs of the 49ers will also make the roster. I just don't see how they don't, given the draft capital that they spent in taking those players. Um, the guys that do get left off, obviously Wayne Gallman, I just looked, he has zero guaranteed dollars. So you'd save about a million dollars by cutting him, which I do think ends up happening. And then you let go Austin Walter and, um, the other guy that you mentioned, Michael hasty. So those three guys off the list. And then Josh Hokett, um, who they, they signed as a undrafted free agent last season, I believe. Um, I'm sure he'll be on the practice squad. So yeah. Those are the five guys I'm rolling with. It's actually my favorite position group probably on the team just because of how oh. deep they are. Yeah. Interesting. So are you worried at all? Sure, sure. And there's, there's a difference between that. I can totally understand why just because you get an influx in talent. So these yeah. dudes are – they can run and they can play. Like Sermon is a very good player. Elijah Mitchell can fly. Like when you watch their team, 
he tends to have a long run or a long carry. And that's what the 49ers need. You can, it's very tough to sustain offense. When we saw that firsthand in 2020, when especially when you have injuries and guys go down, you need that explosive play. And Mostert has hit a lot of deficiencies because he's capable of the big play. Um, do you do you have any worries if they if we were to get into a situation like last year where Mostert goes down, where Wilson goes down, and now you're relying on two rookies? Does that frighten you at all? No, because. I feel like maybe you've told me this, and it, it, it's pretty common where running back seems to be one of those positions that just translates really easily to the NFL coming from the college game. And just given the experience that Trey Sermon's had at Ohio State, I would entrust him with a big role in the offense. I talked about this with Stats last week, that I see him as like a short yardage back initially, just given his burst at the line and just his size. And then, you know, picking up more responsibility as the season goes on. And obviously Elijah Mitchell's speed, which is blazing uh, in the second level. So I, I wouldn't be concerned if either Moster or Wilson, you know, they get hurt or whatever the case is, which has happened the last few seasons. Uh, I would trust either of the rookies to come in and take a lion's share of the snaps. Yeah, for as much as we talk about, you know, just the injuries at the quarterback position, and for good reason, because that position is far more important than any other position we're going to discuss today. But – the running back room, like they're equally as hurt and they were banged up quite a bit last year. And even into 2019, you know, we saw a lot of musical chairs. Remember Jeff Wilson's catching the game winning touchdown against the Cardinals because the other people are hurt. Tevin Coleman's down. Raheem Moster was down again. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand the ish, the reason that they invested so much in the running backs. Let me ask you this. Does Trey Sermon instantly become RB2? I don't think he does. I think if he's healthy, he'll be – or if the guys ahead of him are healthy, excuse me, he would be RB3. Um, I just don't think he gets ahead of Raheem Mostert on the packing order or Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, I think both those guys have shown and proven when they're healthy, they can take on the load, right? It's just a matter of, okay, are they going to stay healthy for 17 games? That I question, especially with Mostert, less so with Wilson, who had like kind of a freak ankle injury, but – um, Mostert's just had a variety of injuries over the last few years. So, But I do understand why it's a big-picture view when it comes to investing in the running back position, and it's something where you wouldn't want to pay these guys in free agency or be at the mercy of paying them. I'm very glad that they chose to draft these guys a year in advance, get them acclimated and see what you have, um, and then let the older guys kind of walk. So let's take us into what you think is going to happen at the wide receiver position, because this will be probably the most fascinating position just to see how everything works out because, you know, you have your guys at the top and we're not going to talk, we're going to talk tight ends eventually, but if Debo, Ayuk, Kittle work out, they're going to be fine on offense. The issue is two of those guys have an injury history and Ayuk is still a second-year guy. Like, he's, he still has to have – like, you can't just project him to be a superstar because that's not fair to him. So, how do you see yeah. the receiver position shaking out? I tweeted this before we hit record when I was going through and creating this 53-man roster. And the wide receiver group is probably the biggest question mark on the team heading into training camp just with the guys that they have. Um, obviously, they didn't add anybody in the draft. Um, I think they signed – one guy, maybe two guys, uh, as undrafted free agents, which actually hasn't even been officially announced. Um, but I, I just think it's the biggest question mark on the team. Uh, I think they've carried like six or seven guys in the past. I went with six. It's just kind of how the, the roster broke down. I have been keeping Brandon Ayuk, 
Richie James, Jalen Hurd, Travis Benjamin, Debo Samuel, and Austin Watkins Jr. Um, I do think, yeah, I do think Austin Watkins' size at 6'3", and just the plays he was able to make um, in college is going to give him an edge. I see kind of like a Kendrick Bourne-type surge for Austin Watkins, uh, even though they're not like the same type of player. I do think Mohamed Sanu, who they signed as a veteran, would be is the other guy that I would consider, but I think he ultimately ends up getting cut. River Craycraft, same thing. Um, I do know they played him a lot kind of at the end of the season as the 49ers receivers just dealt with a ton of injuries, but I think he ultimately ends up getting cut. And I think just kind of James's Richie James' versatility as like a either kick or a punt returner helps him make the roster. And those are the six guys that I would go with. Um especially if Hurd is healthy. Yeah, Hurd's health is going to be everything this year because if he can give them just like a glimpse of what he showed in the preseason, then this was, then I feel like passing on a wide receiver will be justified if they get anything from Hurd this year. But if they don't, and if there are, you know, just struggles at the wide receiver position, there has to be questions like why the heck would you pass on a wide receiver in what was assumed to be, you know, another really, really deep wide receiver class for Trent Sherfield, for Travis Benjamin, for Juwan Jennings, for Kevin White. What what's going on here? So they're they're rolling the dice on Jalen Hurd, who has all the talent in the world and you would think fits like this quote unquote power slot that, you know, Kyle Shannon probably wants. I think he got that with Kendrick Bourne and would be, you know, an upgrade in Jalen Hurd with his size, power, and ability after the catch. So I'm I'm pretty fascinated to see Hurd. I do have Hurd making it, obviously as well as Samuel Ayuk. I think Richie James makes the roster for everything that you mentioned just because returner guy, you know, can be your jet guy, can be, you know, your gadget type of player. And then you have Travis Benjamin, who I think is going to be, you know, has a chance to be the returner. So I'm going to go him, and he's also a veteran. And then I'm going Trent Sherfield over Austin Watkins for speed purposes, and I'm also doing that for special teams gunner purposes. So – just because, you know, I, I imagine he he has more, he, he does have more experience on the special teams in the NFL. So uh, for all we know, it could be a guy that is who's not on the roster. Um, I imagine some fans are hoping that is the case. So there's you know more talent from uh, Atlanta, maybe. Man, hello, Julio. That would be a lot of fun, but uh, that whole salary cap thing <laughs> does exist as well. So those are my. Uh, six. I do think it'll be six, and I don't think there's any reason to keep it, uh, six other, you know, or just any other receivers than those. But I do understand, you know, the Austin Watkins, especially just being a rookie. He's going to come in hungry. He's going to have something to fight for. And to be very clear, like Travis Benjamin, Trent Sherfield, those aren't guys who I'm thinking are locks. And like, there's nothing yeah. that Watkins can't do to come in. Yeah, yeah, to come in and show. Oh, like I, I'm the man. Like he's going to have an opportunity this weekend when there's rookie minicamp and to have that first impression because I always go back to this way back when undrafted free agent Adam Thielen comes in and just gives Xavier Rhodes the business. When Once that happens, then you see, you know, he starts to build some momentum and players start to notice him and then he gets noticed in minicamp and then he gets noticed in training camp and all of a sudden Thielen's working with the first team in training camp so uh, or during the preseason. So there's always that path for an undrafted free agent. So tight end, they're going to keep three tight ends. I don't foresee them, you know, signing Josh Peterson, who Doug Peterson's son, or Daniel Helm. It's more than likely going to be George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner. And I don't 
think that's going to change at all. What about you? Do you have any disagreement? I have the exact same three. Uh, pressure's on Ross Dwelly and uh, Charlie Warner to be better than they have been in the past, uh, especially just given Kittle's injury history. Uh, history would tell you that he's probably not going to play 17 games, and those guys just they have to be bigger contributors. Um, and again, same thing with the receivers. You're like an injury away from George, injury to George Kittle or an injury to Debo Samuel away from like playing guys that are just questionable. And I just worry that you look middle of the season and it's either Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance at quarterback and they're throwing to a bunch of random guys just because of the injury situation. So that gives me a little pause, but I do agree that those are the three guys that are going to make the roster. Should the 49ers keep an eye out for Zach Ertz and monitor his situation? Because he does have an injury. It's nowhere near as lengthy as Jordan Reed's. He will probably come at a price, but I don't think that price is going to be out of the 49ers range. And if, you know, they finally want, they, they keep talking about giving, taking some of Kittle, taking something off of Kittle's plate, this would be a great opportunity to do so because Kittle always seems to be, you know, take on these crazy type of hits and then he's always banged up. And, you know, just his style of play is inevitably going to get him banged up. So by taking some something off his plate, why not bring in a talented tight end like Ertz? But, and obviously this is all, you know, in limbo if unless he gets released by the Eagles. But there's just something to think of. Uh, what do you think about that? I could very much see an Emmanuel Sanders type situation like in 2019 where the 49ers get, I don't know, six, seven, eight games in the season. They're like, oh, man, we could use another tight end. We could use another receiver in the mix and they make a mid-season trade for someone like Zach Ertz or another receiver that ends up becoming available. But I can see one of these two position groups adding a veteran into the mix, depending on how their season is going uh, early on. Let's, let's talk about that real quick because I've seen Albert Breer and a couple other, you know, just prominent media members say that there's a strong chance or there's a good chance that Garoppolo is traded in the winter months is the phrase that, Breer used is there a better chance that the 49ers go that veteran route and add a pass catcher or is there a better chance that Garoppolo is traded midseason higher chance that they add of a, a veteran pass catcher I think the chance that a team trades for Jimmy Garoppolo midseason is pretty low I think you would have to take a playoff type team losing their starter and deciding to go all in and make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I also think, unlike the NBA or even the MLB, it's hard for a position like quarterback to get traded midseason and then all of a sudden like pick up the offense and hit the ground right. running and completely right. start winning and contributing. So I, I just see that less likely. I do see maybe potentially after the season, depending on how Garoppolo plays, if he plays, all that kind of stuff, him getting moved at that point. But I can't see anything midseason. Like if he's on the roster week one, He's probably on the roster week 17 uh, as a backup, as a starter, whatever. But I think, he, yeah, he's safe if he gets to September. I would agree. So let's talk about offensive line because the 49ers invested heavily in this unit over during the offseason. So left tackle, Trent Williams, left guard, Lakin Thompson, center, Alex Mack, right guard, presuming that that's Aaron Banks. If it's not Aaron Banks, then we have problems with the 49ers scouting department. <laughs> and right tackle – Mike McGlinchey, and then their backups going to go Brunskill because Shanahan said he would start at center if the team didn't sign Max. So that's I feel like that's him telling us he's going to make the roster. And then you have Colton McKivitz, who probably did enough or just has enough familiarity 
And then Jalen Moore, just because he's a draft pick, he's probably going to get the nod. So real quick, Weston Richburg still hasn't retired. Like He's still on the roster, technically. Um, but my last pick, and I know school is I – don't, I don't want to say he's popular, but I'm going to go Sean Coleman as a swing tackle just because veteran and say that he makes it over Justin School, who I just – I don't think that he should be on a roster that's going to make the playoffs, and I will just leave it at that. So I had the, the exact eight guys that you said when you started out, and then I just left it at that. Just kind of the roster, especially defensively, the way it broke out with the 53 guys. I just had to squeeze someone out of somewhere, and offensive line was the one that took the hit. And so I ended up leaving Sean Coleman off of my 53-man roster. So, yes, you are short on a swing tackle, but Daniel Brunskill has played tackle in the past. And has played that pretty well. So I think he could slide in if Trent Williams or Mike Winchu were to go down. Um, and obviously Jalen Moore, I, I believe he played tackle at Western Michigan, even if he doesn't yep. have the length to play that at the next level. Uh, so he's potentially someone that could slot in. Um, but I, I don't think Justin Skewell makes the roster, especially after that Green Bay game last season Oof. when he got ragdoll. Um, and then Sean Coleman, who hasn't, you know, been on the field the last two years with injury and just as a COVID opt-out, just have zero clue what he's going to look like. So I, I just ended up leaving those two guys off and just using that open roster spot somewhere else. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, I, and again, yeah, Sean Coleman, he went down, I believe it was, in the first or second series against Dallas in 2019, and we haven't seen him since. So there's definitely some projection uh, when, I, when I do say he's going to be there. But again, I just think that if they're going to have – essentially all of their backups be rookies or just, you know, youth. Coleman kind of offsets that. So that's, that's part of my thinking there. So let's move on to the easiest, you know, I would, I would say that easiestly, easiestly (laughs) this roster position, defensive line is the most deepest talented, you name it on the roster. Um, I don't know that anybody would argue there. So who do you have making the 49ers defensive line? And we're, we'll just keep it um, all defensive line, deep, uh, edge rushers, defensive tackles. Yeah. Um, I, I do think this is going to be, if you're at training camp, fair practice, that this would be the most fun position group to watch because they've got some massive dudes. They've got some athletic freaks. Obviously, Nick Bose is coming back. I just think it'd be a fun position group to watch. Uh, but the 11 guys that I have, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, D Ford, Samson Ebukam, Arden Key, Jordan Willis. So those are your edge guys primarily. And then Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Kevin Givens, and then DJ Jones, Zach Kerr, who I think is going to have a really, really big impact on this team and is kind of flying under the radar right now. And then Mo Hurst. Uh, those are my 11 guys. Uh, I think the guys that, they, that I ended up cutting were like Contagious Street, um, Deshaun Hall, Darian Daniels, and, and someone else to get down to that. Um, 11 for a good time go on twitter and search zach kerr kp underscore show uh there were some wild takes about that player and i honestly thought in that draft he was the best nose tackle so in my mind never wrong just early baby (laughs) he has a chance no he's like he's just a really talented dude super athletic i remember I interviewed him before the draft that time. He's like my first ever prospect interview. So it was like, 
yeah, like it was it was irrational love. Like he's gonna do it. He's gonna be the one. <laughs> um, so I do have Curry making it. I think he acts. I don't know if he starts just because DJ Jones, but I think he's going to have the same type of playing time as DJ Jones does. And people are going to be very surprised that this guy was available for the uh, for the contract that he was signed at. So I, I'll go Nick Bosa. And you mentioned just the training camp. Like him versus Trent Williams is must-see TV. Those dudes go at it like battering Rams, and it is amazing to watch. Even if it's only 10 plays, uh, that should be primetime television. It is that good. So Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Samson Ebicom, DJ Jones, Mo Hurst, Jordan Willis, Arden Key, and Zach Her- uh, Zach Hurst, uh, Zach Kerr. So no Kevin Givens because his legal situation. I don't know that he will get a second chance because of that. I don't know if he's done enough to for them to give him a second chance because of that. Um, obviously, a lot of projection there. I haven't seen enough from Contavia Street to keep him around. And then the the addition of Kerr makes guys like Darian Daniels and Alex Brett expendable. Because those guys, even though they play in 2020, probably should not have been playing to begin with. And then Deshaun Hall. And then, you know, the elephant in the room is D4. Like, what happens to him? Is he a post-June 1 cut? Um, why why are we so quick to say he's not going to make the roster? Because, you know, John Lynch, Kyle Shannon said, you know, we're seeing him, you know, in the other office. He's working out. He's doing this. He's doing that. Well, uh, it, it falls under, you know, I'll believe it when I see it type for me. Because, I mean, he, just, he didn't make it through a game, man. So what, what are we – if he only made it through one game last year and he was banged up all 2019 and his body's only going to get older, and this was a neck and a back injury, mind you. Like, it's not like he was just battling, you know, an elbow injury. Like, he, his body is, for lack of a better word, it's just messed up. And I don't under, I don't see how that's going to get better as he gets older. So this Ford situation is going to be interesting to, to see how they – how it kind of works itself out. Um, I wonder if once we get to that June date, if they do release him and if they end up bringing in, you know, another veteran guy. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. But again, just uber talented room. And, you know, I think that just them in general, uh, the defensive line, they will be good enough to win the 49ers games this year, just especially with that last play schedule. Like I can see them eating some teams up when they get, you know, their legs underneath them, you know, when, when Bosa gets back into – just being Nick Bosa. So let's move on to linebacker. Uh, again, probably pretty straightforward. Fred Warner, still good at football. He's going to make the roster, believe it or not. The next time he does take the field, he's probably going to be handsomely paid. So uh, congrats in advance to your contract, Fred. Dre Greenlaw, starter. I'm not so sure that the 49ers know who the third linebacker is going to be as far as starting on the field. I don't know if that's an issue. So you have Aziz Asher here, you have Demetrius Flanagan-Foles, and Nate Gary, who is probably going to be a special teamer. For those of you who have never seen Nate Gary play, just Gary, ask stop. anybody on the, that's an Eagles fan, and you will enjoy their response because they cannot stand that guy. Arguably the worst player in the NFL. Go ahead. I was going to say, so Steven Ruiz, uh, your buddy, has the meme of Kyle Shanahan with like the microscope. Oh, and he yeah. does before before Niners play somebody, and it's his way of saying Kyle Shanahan's going to pick this, like just go at this guy. And I remember when the 49ers played the Eagles last season that I had stolen that meme and I used it for Nate Gary because he's he's just lost in coverage all the time. And I was like, the Niners are going to pick up, pick on that guy. And I was really surprised when they signed him. But very yeah, I, I yeah. 
Not a good so, uh Fun fact, they actually had Gary beat in coverage last year, but the quarterback wearing number four did not go <laughs> where he was supposed to with the ball. So the wide open touchdown did not happen. So yeah, let's uh, let's just hope that Gary is more of a special teamer and uh, doesn't really see the field much, which probably goes back to why it's between Al Shahir and Flanagan Foles, both super young, athletic. Uh, Flanagan Foles was actually pretty fine last year. He's a safety convert. Al Shahir is now two years removed off the knee injury, so hopefully he gets some of his explosiveness back. I, I really like this group just because they're young, they're athletic. And we have an opportunity to see like Fred Warner develop into like a more of a vocal leader. And if we think he's going to get paid like he should, as he should, we'll get a firsthand chance to see him develop. And that'll be fun to watch because if he can be that leader, so to say, uh, I think that, which is silly because it's going to take him getting a new contract and him, you know, just being this vocal rah-rah guy to get national recognition, even though this should be, you know, we're two years late on this. Uh, Anyway, let's talk. DBs, uh, the most important position in football. So at cornerback, the 49ers selected, they waited until the hundreds to select the DB, which Rob and I did a instant recap pot on, uh, go to Niners Nation Radio. And I, I, if I remember right, we're probably just complaining, as we should, <laughs> because it's been two decades since that's happened. So the streak is alive. Congrats, 49ers. Um, so 49ers, or the people who I think are going to make the roster. So Jimmy Ward, safety, making it. Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett, by the way, wearing number four and number two, which aesthetically, thank you. Badass duo. Hands down, the best starting cornerback duo numbers-wise, aesthetically, when you put a picture of them next to each other in the NFL, not close. Number two and number four, just two amazing numbers. So thank you for being real people and taking advantage of this rule, um, Mosley and Verrett. So those two. And then you have Kaylon Williams. You have Tart, Ambry Thomas, who I mentioned third-round pick out of Michigan. He's going to make the roster. Uh, Tarberius Moore, probably going to make the roster. And after that, that's when you, you, know, you probably have about three or so spots where you can go You kind of flip a coin. So People are not going to like this, but Dante Johnson, as long as he is a, alive and has a pulse, he's probably going to make the 49ers. So I'm going to say Dante Johnson makes the roster. I'm also going to say Talona Hufanga, probably butchered that name, USC, he's going to make the roster. And then I don't know if Lenore is going to make the roster. That is the tricky one. So it's going to be another corner, I imagine. It's going to come down to whoever either plays the fastest or, or, you know, just is the best on special teams. So I'm actually going to go Jared Maiden as a tweener who can play both safety and cornerback over the types of Marcel Harris, Lenore, Tavon Wilson, who was signed as a veteran, and even Tim Harris. So uh, I'll go with uh, Jared Maiden, former Crimson Tide. Who are your DBs to make the roster? And by the way, that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten DBs, uh, about four, five, and four. Go ahead. I had a very similar group of 10 defensive backs. So obviously Jason Brett and Emmanuel Mosley starting at outside corner. Their backups, I had Ambry Thomas making it. Um, and obviously the more that you just watch him and you hear about him, you actually think he has a pretty good chance to be a starting corner in this league. Um, you had Dante Johnson. I had Tim Harris. Uh, I just think Tim Harris finally gets a shot. Dante Johnson, I feel like you could cut him 
and no other team's going to sign him. So if you do, right. him, you can just re-sign him. So it was more of that thought process. I, mean, I guess it applies to Tim Harris as well, but I just think this young guy that they drafted in the fifth round a couple seasons ago, you're going to give him a shot. So I think he makes the roster. And at nickel, I have Kwan Williams and Diamador Lenoir making it. So I do have both of the rookie cornerbacks uh, making the roster. Then at safety, obviously uh, Jimmy Ward, Kwaski Tarp, starting duo. That's pretty easy. I do have Tarverius Moore making it. And then this last one was kind of a coin flip um, between Marcel Harris, Tavon Wilson, and Talanoa Hufanga. I think Talanoa Hufanga's just character – what he's going to be able to contribute on special teams and just his kind of versatility, I think he's ultimately going to push him onto the roster um, over those other guys. But that again, is kind of a coin flip just depending on how training camp goes. So that is our 53 man roster actually a lot closer than I thought. I think we were only off on a few position groups like offensive line and defensive line and receiver, honestly. So to be clear, the players that we missed, they so I don't want to say that they don't matter, which is pretty messed up. But if we are to the point where we are talking about, you know, Marcel Harris, Jared Maiden, uh, River Craycraft, like those type of names, we are in trouble. Like there is an issue. Something went wrong. Like abort, abort, abort it just happened. And that is never the goal. So we, we want to focus on, you know, the Armsteads, the Warners, the Williamses. And, you know, not these bottom of the roster guys, but that's what the offseason is for. Obviously, we're going to have 90-90 coming out so we can get an idea of every player on the roster. But uh, I think, you know, their top-end talent is what the 49ers are are relying on. And you can tell that based on, you know, their draft and the free agency, how that went by bringing back, you know, just their all the veterans. And, and before people start coming at us for our correct or maybe incorrect predictions, this is being made like before rookie minicamp, before OTAs, before training camp. So a lot can change. Maybe they add some players. Maybe they, you know, maybe they make some additional moves, whatever. So these are like super, super early predictions before we've seen any of these guys step out onto the field. Then the second thing, rookie minicamp begins this weekend. So it's from Friday to Sunday. Uh, are, you, are you going down or are you going to be, you're still in Arizona? No, I'm not going. Uh, my best friend's uh, getting married, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose that instead of spending 30 minutes. Can we talk for a half hour? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they have that rookie mini camp this weekend, and then OTAs and training camp, or OTAs specifically, is gonna be interesting because a lot of the veteran players are pushing back against it and not wanting it. Obviously, the rookies and some of the fringe roster guys are probably gonna want it just to show off what they're capable of and, and spending more time around the team. So it's going to be interesting because there's going to be certain guys that just aren't there and it's going to be hard to factor into how they fit within these roster projections. So this season especially, I think it's going to be hard, harder to project a 53-man roster um, with all these different like intricacies going on. I love how Tom Brady hopped on that call and most of the rookies like, yep, yeah, no, we're not all you, so we have to use this and we're going to play. <laughs> Thanks anyway, though. Yeah. yeah, it's like the common guy. And the guy that's like roster spot, you know, 30 through 53 that really needs the practice time, the OTA right. time, the training camp time, et cetera, to prove why he should be on the roster is like getting yeah. screwed out of it. Whereas like the older veterans who are just going to make the roster, no doubt, like don't really care for it. So, yeah. That'll do it for us. I, mean, I know we did not mention special teamers. So let's do that real quick. So Robbie Gold, Tabor Pepper, and Mitch Wisnowski, who 
still have questions about, even though it's a fourth-round pick. And I feel like that's getting under swept under the bridge a little bit too. Uh, who do you think is going to be the returners? Because that is still boggling my mind. Is it going to be Richie James? Is it going to be Ambry Thomas? Is it going to be Elijah Mitchell? Because those three do all have kick return experience. I imagine James is the most experienced of the bunch. Uh, Travis Benjamin, punt returner, possibly. So where, where are you going with that as far as return goes? You know who it should be, right, KP? Yeah. Brandon, right. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, they refuse to put him out there. So I, I would think it's one of, like, Richie James, Travis Benjamin. I have a hard time seeing Kyle Shanahan trust, like, a rookie uh, returning punts and kicks. So I, I would go with one of the older guys, James or, or Benjamin. So for those who are against anti having a rookie putting your quote-unquote best player out there, even though you want the object of football is to get the ball into your best player's hands, I will tell you that the Cowboys use C.D. Lamb as a returner, as a rookie, and he cracked the top 10 as far as averages and was the only player in the NFL to return a punt for a touchdown last year um, that who qualified for the punt returns, I will say. So, uh, yeah. Playmakers make plays, so you give them the ball often. So that's why I think Ayuk should be the guy. And if he's not in shape to go run another play afterwards, then that is on you, coaches, for not having your players in shape. Uh, that is all I got. Akash, take us home. As always, appreciate you for listening. Uh, you know what to do. Go subscribe to Niners Nation Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you go listen. Go subscribe. Go rate. Five stars. You know what to do. Drop us a review. And we appreciate you for listening. The schedule drops tomorrow or Wednesday, I should say, by the time you're listening to this. And there will be a YouTube live show with the guys talking about the 49ers schedule. So go check that out. Go subscribe to the YouTube page at Niners Nation. And that's all we've got. Go Niners. Go Niners.